You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. Hello, my name is Dan Savage, and you have successfully downloaded the Savage Love Podcast. This is a very special Dan's Hungover edition, and he's hung, uh, as Rosalind Russell famously said in uh, Anti-Mame. Auntie's hung and dragging ass a little bit, a few too many tequila shots last night with the boyfriend on a night out. And so uh, you're not going to get, you know, the best advice. You're going to get a little shredded advice uh, from me, a little a little headache advice. Uh, and so I apologize in advance if I fail you spectacularly. Uh, but if you feel that my advice is subpar, you're free to take your fucking skeezy sex questions to Ann Landers or Billy Graham, who writes a very interesting advice column in the back of mainstream American papers all over the country. Or you can tootle on over to the American Family Association's website, pardon me, the American Family Association's website, and ask Donald Wildman how to get a fist into your ass. I'm sure he'll jump in and help you. Uh, so, uh, actually, I think you're basically kind of fucking stuck with me, uh, considering the tenor and tone of your questions, the subject matter at hand, that uh, even hungover uh, and brain dead, you're going to get better from me than you'd get from anyone else. Let's go to the calls. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm calling in response to, um, I believe it was episode 21, with that really stupid-ass faggot guy who said that he couldn't stand you know, women or whatever. And I was so surprised that you weren't, like, harsher with him. I mean, dude, I would have totally told him to shut the fuck up and just take it. I mean, he was saying how he didn't want to be on the bottom because that's the woman's role. I mean, dude, whenever girls or whatever write in and talk to you about stuff they don't want to do with their man, you always say, dude, you should at least try it once or you should at least do it once in a while for the health of the relationship. I'm surprised you didn't just tell him to get the hell on his back and take it in the ass, man. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't just tell him to do just fucking deal with it or end the relationship. I mean, dude, you totally would have told a woman that. So, I mean, you were just being a little too nice to this jerk, I think. Because, hello, I couldn't even stand what the hell he was talking about women. I mean, jeez. How can you be so friggin' mean to somebody, like, I mean, I mean, dude, how can you be so mean to a whole sex of people? You can't generalize women just because you, just like you can't generalize men or one race of people. It's wrong for him to, like, be so hateful of women. It's just so disturbing, and as a woman, it's just so sickening to hear somebody talk like that. I mean, jeez, I mean, I know everybody's entitled to their own opinions, but... This guy was just way out there. I mean, don't you agree? I mean, I could have never been as nice to somebody after they said something like that. But, I mean, that's why you're so cool, I guess. But, like I said, you should have told him just deal with it and take it in the ass. Like a man. I mean, dude, you always tell women that they're always supposed to, you know, that if their guy likes head and, you know, or if, you know, their guy likes the girl's swallow, they should at least do it. Shut the fuck up, bend over, and take it. Because, you know, your man does it all the fucking time. Well, I'm sorry. That was just my little rant about that stupid-ass faggot, dude. Seriously, Dan, I love you. You're friggin' 
awesome. I love hearing all of your advice, hearing about your relationship. You're so friggin' cool. I hope your husband is doing right. Well, I refer to him as your husband because, hello, gay marriage may not be legal in this country, but hopefully one day it will be, and he will actually be your husband. And I hope your family and everything is going great. And, well, thank you for putting out such a great podcast. Uh, bye. Thanks. Ooh, love you guys. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that. Um, I usually don't like to start the show with a feedback uh, call or comment on a previous podcast because it's boring, but I'm way too hungover to dick around digging through all the phone calls looking for more interesting things than somebody yelling at me for not yelling at somebody the way they would yell at them. I believe if you go back and listen to that podcast, I yelled at that guy and you're calling him faggot over and over again because I called him a dumb faggot over and over again, which I did to his face or his ears. Uh, and you know, I was pretty hard on him, but I guess not hard enough for some. And for that, I apologize. Uh, but, you know, I'm a little too hungover to really care. Let's move on to the next caller. Hi, Dan. I'm a 19-year-old straight female from Michigan. Um. And I just wanted to get your opinion on something. In, like, a recent magazine, like, I'd seen a study that said that um, they said something like, I'm not exactly sure about the figures, but they said something like 98 or 95% of bisexual men are actually either gay or straight, but not bi. In a study, when they tried to, you know, test them on this and showed them pictures and anything arousing or whatever, they found that something like 95% of the guys who said they were bi were either aroused by men or females, but not by both. And it said that there was another study done that showed that something like 98% of women, when showed porno, girl-on-girl porno, were actually aroused by that. So my question is, is it that all women are bi, but no men can be, or... I mean, what exactly is your take on this? Have you heard of these studies done? Um, do you think they're from a reliable source? And, you know, like I said, what do you think? Um, just wondering, and thank you. <laughs> thank you for putting out such an amazingly great podcast. You're freaking awesome. Um, I mean, geez, you are like the first place I go for any sex questions that I may ever have. I always go back to your old episodes and listen and just, you know, enjoy and you know, you're awesome. Your advice is amazingly great. You're just, you're freaking so great. If you weren't gay, I would freaking marry you. <laughs> and um, you're just so freaking awesome. Thank you, and oh, you're so freaking awesome. Thanks. Bye. I have two reactions to your call out the uh, out of the gate. Uh, the first is that your voice sounds vaguely familiar, and my second reaction is I have this creeping sensation that I'm kind of awesome, uh, which is a weird way for me to feel because I'm really very Catholic and I think that um, I, I think that I'm a very, very bad person and an inept uh, advisor and I can't understand why anyone pays any attention to me because uh, I have terribly low self-esteem, uh, which is good, I think, uh, in a writer uh, or a talker or in anything because people who are enamored of themselves usually are inept at whatever they turn their hand to because they're just so mightily impressed by every goddamn thing they do that they don't look at anything they do critically. Whereas I think I suck, and it actually pains me in my hungover state to listen to somebody uh, in a sort of high-pitched, shrill, teenage voice repeat over and over and over again 
that I am freaking awesome. So anybody out there who thinks that I'm playing that because it's giving me some sort of like boner to hear it said over and over again that I'm freaking awesome, just know that it pained me as much as it pains you to listen to how freaking awesome I am because I just don't agree. All right, the study that you're trying to remember, I'm trying to look up, but you know what? Uh, I'm too lazy to dig around on the internet looking for it. I wrote about it when it first came out. You can probably find my write-up in the Savage Love Archives at thestranger.com if you search bisexuality. There was a study done that seemed to point to the fictional nature of male bisexuality. It actually pointed to uh, bisexuality being less common in males. And, you know, I think that's true. Uh, Men and women are different. Uh, Male sexuality is very different than female sexuality. Uh, My trump card in all arguments about this difference, and acknowledging difference doesn't mean one's better than the other. Uh, My trump card is always everyone I know who is a lesbian uh, in their 20s when I was in my 20s is now with a man or is a man. Nobody I know who was a a gay man in my 20s is a woman now or with women now. Uh, Female sexuality tends to be more fluid. Uh, The tide comes in, the tide rolls out, shells on the beach, blah, blah, blah. Male sexuality seems like a more fixed mark. Uh, And and the study, what they did was they wired up the genitals. Sounds like fun. Wish I'd been there. Uh, of guys who said who are bisexually identified and showed them images of naked girlies and naked boilies and they found that bi identified guys seem to only respond uh sexually to naked boilies which would seem to indicate that most bi identified guys are uh you know mostly respond to guys and therefore are gay in you know in desire if not in identity you know if they want to identify as bi they can identify as bi Uh, Nobody has to believe them, however, at least of all these researchers that wired up their cocks. Uh, Whereas women, even straight women in this study, responded to both images of males and females. Uh, And hearkening back to an even earlier, much more fascinating study, uh, they wired up people who were homophobic and found that uh, the the more homophobic a guy was, the likelier he was to have an erotic response to gay pornography. Uh, File that away and throw that in the face of the next homophobe you meet. Uh, if you're homophobic, you want to watch dudes doing it. So suck on that. Uh, I don't know where I'm going. The uh, the tangent train has left the station. See, this is how unfrickin' awesome I am. I'm so unfrickin' awesome that I don't want to look up the study and that I'm just rambling on and on and on. But why shouldn't I, since you did, caller? Hi, this is Gina, 19, from Arizona, um, heterosexual. Um, and I was wondering, okay, I'm a virgin. And I want to know, see, I slide more towards the S&M and B&B scene. And, I mean, like, I fantasize about this when I'm masturbating. I mean, I think about it all the time. Whenever I think about sex, I usually think about, you know, hurting someone or tying up a guy or something or, you know, something like that. And um, my question is, I'm, like, way more than ready to lose my virginity now. And... I think I might have somebody that I'm willing to do it with. And, um, but my question is, how the hell do I pose B&D and S&M to a guy? You know, because I slide more towards the sadist part. So how can I tell a guy that, yes, I'm a virgin, but the first time we have sex, I want to tie him up. <laughs> um, and also, how do I say this without sounding like totally like skanky and slutty or like I'm lying about being a virgin because yes I am a virgin but 
I do enjoy porn. I mean, I listen to your show. I love all things having to do with sex. And it's just, it's a coincidence that I remained a virgin this long. I mean, if I was able to, I probably would have lost my virginity at five. That's how long I felt as though I wanted to. So it's like, like I said, how can I explain to a guy that I'm a really, really, I may be a virgin, but I'm a very, very sexual person, and that I want to try this. Should I just, you know, go for it the first time, and then maybe the second or third time go, you know what, well, the first two times were nice and everything, but this is what I'm really into, or should I just be honest from the jump, or, you know, should I just not tell somebody, and just, like, kind of try it, and, like, lead into it or something? I don't know. Is this something that I should discuss before, after, during sex? I like I said, I just don't know. Um, this is really, really new to me, like I said. Um, so uh, please answer my question. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, your show is awesome. I listen to you all the freaking time. And, God, I'm, I'm going on here. Um, okay, thank you, and bye. And just so you know, I am not marrying anyone until everyone can get married. And, hell, if I do get married, I'm inviting every gay person that I've ever met. Thank you, and bye. <laughs> so you're in Arizona now, are you? You were in Michigan a moment ago, or someone who sounds very much like you. Uh, yeah, uh, you're a virgin, and you're into BDSM, and kind of sadistic, and you want to know how to introduce this to the guy who you fuck the first time you fuck him. Um, I, I think whatever guy you fuck the first time you fuck him is going to suffer enough just having to listen to you. So you don't necessarily need to go in for the full-blown BDSM scenario. I think just talk to him for a while and you'll leave welt marks all over his psyche. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I love you too and you're freaking awesome. Although I'm going to have to put a call block on my phone for you. Uh, because you're abusing me by calling me too much to tell me how freaking awesome I am, which is kind of making me psychotic. And I'm sure everyone out there listening who downloaded this podcast right now is also really annoyed, especially people who called with questions that I haven't answered yet because it's really just you and me this week, darling, just you and me. All right. So, uh, you want to walk before you run and you want to flap your wings before you fly uh, you might want to lose your virginity uh, in a more sort of vanilla scenario. Uh, if you're into BDSM, uh, you really, uh, that's varsity level sex. Uh, if you're a virgin, you're basically JV for right now. Junior varsity, junior virgin. You don't want to go all the way uh, onto the parallel bars and the rings uh, the first time you run down the mat. But see, this is what happens to your metaphors when you have a hangover. They just start sprawling all over the fucking place. Uh, so I would encourage you to be open with the guys that you are, uh, thinking about, uh, having sex with or the, you know, your first boyfriend. I guarantee you that there are teenage boys who are every bit as interested in BDSM as you are. I guarantee you that there are lots more boys, teenage boys that are interested in BDSM than there are teenage girls interested in BDSM. So you can have your pick of the litter. Uh, and I mean that in the garbage by the side of the road sense. When you decide to uh, to fuck somebody, just be open about it. And, you know, uh, in the meantime, you might want to do a little learning. Uh, you might want to pick up the book S&M 101 or The Dominant Woman or go online and read about it because, you know, you just don't want to go charging at somebody with your 
with a belt in your hand and your tongue flapping around in your mouth because you could do impermanent damage if you don't know what you're doing. So you really owe it to yourself, particularly if you want to be the top, particularly if you want to inflict a little pain, to learn a little bit about the uh, erotic torments you wish to inflict. Uh, I'm hungover, and the last thing I needed to hear uh, this morning was I was ready to lose my virginity at five. That's the sort of thing you just never want to say, whether it's true or not. Uh, that's kind of creepy, and it made me have to put my head down on the table and cry a little bit. Uh, and uh, that's all I have to say to you. And now, I'm right now, the, the tech-savvy at-risk youth that run the show are putting your phone number on a phone block so that you can't call me from Arizona, that you can't call me from Michigan, you can't call me from the Mir Space Station, wherever you're going to be next with your next question. Uh, I appreciate all your calls, but now we're moving on. Hi, Dan. This is Anna. Um, I'm calling, um, well, basically, I, I trust you more than life itself. And um, I am in a relationship that I really do not want to lose, but because of my partially warranted jealousy um, and the fact that due to an illness of his, we can infrequently have sex, um, which I feel is a bonding thing, or I've always used it as a bonding thing, um, I really feel like like it's doomed or I'm dooming it. Um, and I'd really like your feedback. It's so nice to get a call from someone who isn't that person in Michigan and Arizona in the Mirror Space Station, I have to say. Uh, though I appreciate it. I don't want to like beat up that person who called three times with three different personae. Uh, but your question is awfully vague. Uh, your jealousy is partially warranted. His illness uh, means you can't have sex that often, and you don't tell me what his illness is or the reasons why your jealousy is uh, warranted partially, impartially, wholly. So I'm afraid we're going to have to give you a call. Hey, Anna. Hello. It's Dan Savage at the podcast. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm all right today. How are you? I have a hangover. Oh, I'm sorry. So if you could refrain from telling me I'm freaking awesome in a loud, shrill voice for like 11 minutes, that would be so great. <laughs> you have no idea what that means, but we played a bunch of calls already from someone who said I was freaking awesome in a loud, shrill voice for 11 minutes, and I can't take it anymore. Okay. Um, I would really appreciate it right now if you told me I sucked. You suck? Yeah, just tell me I suck and I stink at this advice thing. You suck, Dan. Thank you. That makes me feel better. Okay. <laughs> Your problem, I don't follow. Because no, you're too vague. I need some details here. <laughs> well, there's five of them, but I need some details. You say your jealousy is partially warranted. What do you mean? Um. Well, when we had first started dating, we were dating a, a couple weeks, and he told me about a situation previously that he was in with two women who found out about each other. Mm-hmm. And then he felt really shitty about it. Um, he totally volunteered this information. Well, then a little while later, one of them found me online. She actually friended me on MySpace and um, wanted to tell me that he was a bastard and blah, blah, blah. So I actually talked to her a couple times and found out that he had gone out on a couple of dates with me before this situation blew up in his face where these two women had found out about each other. So he was dating three women at once at one point. Right, like... Yeah. Um, I blame Rupert I Murdoch. Haven't... I blame Rupert Murdoch, who owns MySpace. <laughs> None of this would have happened without Rupert Murdoch's uh, <laughs> long, evil fingers. Okay, but had he made a commitment to any of you, or was he just dating and playing the field and doing what um, people do before they make a commitment and settle down? You know, it's legit to date more than one person at a time. One of them, the one who, who I talked to, had thought that they were exclusive. Um, the other girl didn't think they were exclusive. They were just dating. Mm-hmm. And um, 
but she was, you know, angry, obviously, because these two girls knew each other and right. they got to talking. Yeah. Um, I was okay with it because I actually have kind of a checkered past. I've cheated on somebody. I've been cheated on a, a many times, and that's why I've got sort of a, I've, I've just got a major problem with um, fear about it and jealousy about it, mm-hmm. um, and I've done it myself, so I know that it's kind of easy to do even if you love someone. And um, Oh, it's so good but, to hear you say that, actually. <laughs> Because it is easy to do. It's you know, you know, and it's not only easy to do, even if you love somebody. Early on, it's almost like you know, I've been with this guy for twelve and a half years. When we first started dating, I was seeing somebody else, you know, just casually, just dating. And I saw that guy a couple more times, and then I said, when it was clear that this other thing with my current boyfriend was getting serious, and I really had feelings for him, I had to tell the other guy to like fuck off. Um, and. Uh, I was a little nicer than that. <laughs> uh, and that's just like what dating is about, you know, until you settle down, you're, you know, you're sampling things from the buffet. All right, what's the other problem? You, you, his mystery illness, without getting too specific, so we don't want uh, his friends to be able to pick him out of a lineup until they say, listen, okay, that prevents well, you guys from having as much sex as you would like. He, um, he has an illness which causes a lot of pain, and um, so sometimes pain just prevents him from being able to have as much sex as I was like, we were, we're both in our early thirties mm-hmm. and, um, you know, so I'm at the peak where I, I've always wanted it pretty much every day, but now I really do want it every day. <laughs> um, and, and, and he's on some medications too that, that, um, they, they affect, um, arousal for him, but they can also prevent him from getting fully erect as well. Um, but he's, I mean, he's good about, other things, you know, not, we don't just have to have intercourse. We He's good about keeping you milked. He's good about going down on you. He's good about mutual masturbation. Well, Hopefully, yes, no? Not so much anymore. Um, he used to be really good about, about uh, especially the going down thing. I kind of miss that. Okay, know? so how long have you guys been seeing each other now? Um, almost a year and a half. Okay. So, uh, forgive me, now. I have a hangover. What was the question then? The question, well, the question dealt with um, how to deal with, obviously, the, you get this question a lot, which is the differences in sex drives. And um, the other question is about jealousy and how I can, I, 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 I hate myself for the things that I've been snooping mm-hmm. because I feel like, I, I, and I hate myself for it, and I actually told him that I was doing it. I told him... Did you find some evidence that he was banging somebody else or romancing someone else? No, I just... Well, I found evidence that people didn't know he had a girlfriend. Well, here's the thing. I told him he has to make sure he logs out of his email and logs out of everything because we share a computer. And And then you can't resist. And who can? Right. If if I see that the little box on the bottom, I'm no computer genius, but it says, you know, inbox, blah, 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 and I know that there's there's his email account, and I look at it, and I've seen him, you know, talking with old friends or even old girlfriends, which is not a problem as long as everybody knows that I exist. And I've read emails where he just said, yeah, we went out, I went out with a couple friends and blah, 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 and doesn't say anything about me, and it and it drives me insane, and I've talked to him about it, and I've said, you know, I snooped, I found this. You've got to log out of your email. Oh, uh, you know, okay, here we go. Let's, let's, let me take these two things. Uh, okay, differing sex drives, particularly where there's an illness involved, there has to be some reasonable accommodation, and there has to be some reasonable uh, sort of allowances made by the person who's not ill. You know, somebody with a, a low sex drive due to illness isn't, uh, you know, 
and sort of being victimized by the illness, too. So you have to be, like, slightly compassionate. But then some accommodations have to be made for you. Um, you know, in some relationships, uh, that might be giving you, you know, the blind eye if something comes along and you want to do somebody on the side a little bit. But that sounds too fraught in your situation and your history of cheating and his history of juggling women. So what you need is permission to masturbate, you need vibrators, you, and then you need his joyful participation in keeping you pleased. Uh, maybe not as often as you would like, but more often than he would necessarily like, and you meet you halfway. You know, oftentimes, usually, this is a situation where the man wants it more than the woman. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I've suggested to people where, you know, the, the guy wants it all the time, that there are guys, times when he could just, like, masturbate, just, like, let him lie down in bed, sit down on his face, read the New York Times, and let him masturbate while you grind yourself into him. And, you know, a lot of guys, that's all they, that's enough. You know, it's not the full-blown vaginal intercourse they might like, but it's enough. And there should be some equivalent of that for you, where he is, you know, willing because he loves you, because he feels tender about you, to, you know, cuddle with you in bed while you use a vibrator or while he uses a vibrator on you, even if it's not, like, making him, his dick spin. You know what I mean? And he should be willing to go there for you, and you should insist on it. Okay. The other thing, you know, he could rent a Goodyear blimp with the message underneath circling the city. I have a girlfriend. Her name is. This is her social security number. Here's where she works. Um, and maybe that'll do it. But you, you can't read his emails and then say, you know, I require full disclosure at all times that you have a girlfriend when you're talking with your friends about anything. You know, the times that I, you know, you, people, you leave something out of the conversation just because you don't want to, you know, go into it, or you just, you know, guys are guys. Guys aren't as, um, you know, and here we are making generalizations about guys and girls, and there are three billion people. There's going to be tens of millions of exceptions. But guys aren't as sort of emotionally, like, blah 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 about everything going on in their lives as women's, women are. Guys don't disclose a lot of things to their casual acquaintances that they disclose to their more intimate friends and acquaintances and, and people who are important to them. So, you know, casual acquaintances, they don't go, you know, oh, I have a girlfriend, she's really great, I really love her, and, you know, I got a new cat. Like, guys don't write emails like that. You know, guys write emails say, yeah, I went out last night. And they don't say who, and they don't say, they don't go into the emotional sort of details about who and why and what and where and how. That's just what dudes are often like. So you really can't hold that against him. You know, if he's sending emails to girls that he's meeting on adultfriendfinder.com or Craigslist or through personals and omitting your existence, then you have a beef. If he's sending emails to old college pals and he's not including, you know, pictures of you and little love notes to you, you know, here, I'm just going to CC you on a love letter about my girlfriend, just because. Guys don't do that. <laughs> You're right. I see the distinction. So chill out. Masturbate more. Stop looking okay. at his email. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck. Thanks. Bye. All right, that wraps up the frickin' awesomeness that is me and my frickin' awesome podcast here at Frickin' Awesome Savage Frickin' Love. Uh, the phone number here, which I have in front of me somewhere, just a minute. The phone number here, if you want to record a question or three for a future podcast, 206 201 27 and you can download the podcast every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage and we'll be back at you next week with another podcast and I swear to God I won't be hungover for that one <laughs>